Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 500. <laughs> it's crazy to think 500 episodes of this podcast. I have talked about so many different things over the last four years now that this show has been around. And I'm really excited because this episode I'm diving into how my business has evolved over the last 500 episodes and just slightly over four years. And also what my predictions for the future of online business and launches will be. So let's start from the very beginning, May 1st, 2018. That was the very first episode of this podcast. 2018 feels like a long, long time ago. (laughs) And it kind of was. I mean, it was four years ago. It was a completely different life. I actually recorded the very first episode of this podcast from the bedroom that I lived in as a teenager or that I grew up in at my parents' house because I moved back home for, I think, about six months in between stints in Europe. Uh, My partner at the time was living in London and I wasn't making enough money in my business to afford to live in London. So my solution around that was to spend a couple of months in London, then a couple of months living at home with my parents, then a couple of months in London. At that time, I was running a marketing agency. I was working with retainer clients. I had a small team who were working with those clients with me. And when I launched the podcast, that was really the start of Steph Taylor, as you know, at the brand, rather than Wild Bloom, which was the marketing agency I was running. It w- this podcast was the start of my transition into a business based around online courses. In 2018, I also launched a membership I launched the Socialette membership, which was, I think I had, I ran that for about 12 months and I made all of the mistakes that I see other people making with memberships. And I was struggling. I was wondering like, why isn't this growing? Why am I struggling to retain people? Because nobody tells you that when you have a membership, the hardest part about having a membership isn't getting new members. It's retaining the ones that you have. And if you can retain the ones that you have, then growth happens a lot quicker. But the issue that I had with my membership was that there was no real transformation it was providing. I wasn't building an ongoing habit and I wasn't solving some kind of ongoing problem. I was just adding more content. I was delivering monthly masterclasses on certain elements of marketing your brand But it was just more content for my members to consume, which became overwhelming. And that's where I struggled with retention. So that was like the start of my transition into online business. Then 2019, I had a course launch that flopped because my webinar did not function. (laughs) It crashed. Um, I talked about this a couple of episodes ago where 
the tech glitch that happened meant that nobody could access the webinar and all 700 people who had registered for it, the 700 people I had poured Facebook ad budget into getting them to sign up for the webinar, it just didn't happen. And I closed down the membership that year. I nearly gave up on my business. I applied for a whole bunch of jobs and I actually had one of those jobs call me in to come in for the interview. And when they called me in, my brain just said it before I even thought about it. My brain was like, no, I've already taken another role. And that was the point where I realized, huh, I'm not actually ready to give up on this business thing yet. Fortunately, I didn't give up because late in 2019, I had the idea for the podcast launch plan. I initially launched it as a group program. Only two people signed up and I surveyed the people who didn't sign up and got the idea for the podcast launch plan as it stands today. I launched it, launched it once live and that brought in enough cash to keep me going for a few weeks. Then I launched it again, brought in a little bit more cash Then in 2020, in January, I launched it again a couple of times. I I had an event in LA that I wanted to attend. Um, It was a conference-y, small kind of conference-y event. And I knew like I had to be in that room. So I launched it again and that paid for my flights. And I launched it again and that paid for my accommodation. And I was realizing at this point, like, huh, okay, this is, I'm launching this to a cold audience now each time. These were all people who had registered via Facebook ads. And I thought, okay, this is working. So I got back from the event in LA with a fire under my butt and I spent a few weeks automating the podcast launch plan launches. So instead of delivering the the webinar live each time, I had it now on Evergreen and I could put money into Facebook ads knowing that it was going to convert consistently. And it did. They just started converting. So I started scaling it up. And within that first 12 months, that podcast launch plan made about 750,000 US dollars. This was using my live launch framework that I teach inside Launch Magic, but automate it. So I would, I'd live launched it about five or six times before I automated it. And then using that same framework with the automate, like having recorded it all and launching it that way, that was how I managed to scale it up so quickly because it, it was a $197 product, right? So we sold like 4,000 of that in the first 12 months. And then late 2020, I launched Launch Magic for the very first time after I'd put it off for months and months and months. And that was kind of the biggest change in my business because now I know, oh, cool. I launch Launch Magic twice a year. That gives me so much structure in my business. 2021, I launched Launch Magic twice that year. I'm not really sure what else I did that year, to be honest. (laughs) I spent a month off the grid in a van. I went on a five-day off-the-grid hike. I hired my first permanent team member. Uh, 2021 was actually a pretty good year. Now 2022, 500 episodes into this podcast. It's feeling like a much tougher year, and I'm getting that sense from pretty much everyone around. I'm feeling it in my mastermind group. I'm feeling it with some of my Launch Magic students. I'm feeling it with my friends. We're all feeling that it's a little bit tougher this year than it has been in the past. And Uh, If you're feeling that, you're not alone. Um, For us this year, quarter one, we put so much work in. We did so much and the results just didn't reflect the amount of work that we put in. 
Uh, we launched in in quarter one. We launched Launch Magic Live. We did Boost Your Brand Superfans twice. I launched my book finally. Um, so far this year, so quarter two, we launched Launch Magic. This we're not even halfway through the year. We've done so much, and it's kind of exhausting. But what's next? What is next for us? It's consistently and constantly evolving. We have planned this year. We've made loose plans for this year, but with all my plans, because things can change so quickly in the online space, I'm flexible. We're, we're going to launch Launch Magic again in September, that's for sure. But other than that, it's kind of exciting because it gives us this position where we can look at, huh, what's going on? What are the trends? How can we pivot quickly, move quickly to be the first or amongst the first, because I have no doubt that the reason why Launch Magic has been so successful is because it was one of the first courses about launching. And since then, there have been a lot of others coming out. And yeah, we have a lot more competition, but the results have also kind of backed us up, right? Like we've got such good, so many good testimonials that I almost don't feel like we're competing with anybody else anymore. So that's kind of the overview of how my business has evolved in the last 500 episodes. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about my predictions for the future of online business and the future of launches. And the first thing I'm going to say is I sense we're going to be relying less on ads. I know personally in my business, we barely spent anything on ads for the last launch. Um, I do run list building ads all the time or most of the time. But for the actual launch, we didn't run any cart open ads. We just ran webinar registration ads. And even then we barely ran any. Um, as ad costs are starting to go up and I'm noticing people are becoming more blind to ads, this is a really fun challenge for us because it's like, okay, how else can we start to reach these new people? And that's where we start looking at, okay, partnerships, affiliates, media. For us, running Launch Magic Live was a great way to get in front of new people because every student who was in Launch Magic got a Launch Magic Live ticket and they got two tickets to gift to their friends. So this is now, this is a great way for then our network to invite their friends to become part of the, the world, the universe, our brand universe. And this is also one of the reasons why I created Boost Your Brand Superfans, because I know that people struggle with growing their audience organically. I know you're struggling with building your audience with the right people for your business without spending money on ads. And that was where the idea for Boost Your Brand Superfans came about. And if you want to learn a little bit more about Boost Your Brand Superfans, doors are always open for enrollment. You can find it at stephtaylor.co forward slash BYBS, and there'll be a link for this in the show notes below as well. The other thing that I'm predicting for the future of launches is there will be less artificial urgency and scarcity because people are becoming more and more clued up. There's a Nike outlet store here in Brisbane at the um, airport outlet center, and pretty much every 30 minutes or so, they have a deal. They announce it over the loudspeaker, and it's like, in the next 30 minutes, you save 20% off the ticketed price or whatever. So you kind of know that there's always going to be a deal. And if you miss this deal, that's fine because there's going to be another deal, right? So this is what a lot of people in the online space have become like. There is just always deals, deals, deals. So instead, during our launches, how can we be more authentic with bonuses and with deadlines? 
rather than you know the the classic example of somebody who says oh there's only 10 spots and then they take 15 people so no that's not authentic and people are starting to see through that so how can we be more authentic with that scarcity Another thing I'm noticing is that it is taking so much longer to build know, like, and trust. Now, know, like, and trust is kind of this concept that somebody needs to know you, like you, and trust you before they will buy from you. And this is taking longer in the online space because we have more noise, more content saturation, more emails in inboxes, more posts in our Instagram feeds. So how can you stand out and get in front of your people How can you build that know, like, and trust by getting in front of the right people enough times that they start to know you, like you, and trust you enough to buy from you? And just because somebody is following you or subscribed to you doesn't mean that they are listening to you, doesn't mean that they are seeing every post, doesn't mean they are listening to every podcast episode, doesn't mean they are reading every email. This is where we sometimes have to repeat ourselves a lot. Okay. If you look at my Instagram posts, you look at my podcast episodes, I repeat myself a hell of a lot. And I don't think, or I haven't heard, I haven't had the feedback that I'm being repetitive. And sometimes I'll say something to my launch magic students in a live call, for example. And it's something that I've said a million times on Instagram or in my podcast. And somebody will be like, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. And I'm like, wow, you had to hear it this many times before it finally clicked. Now, something that I have noticed with smaller audiences versus larger audiences is that you can actually build know, like, and trust with more people when you have a smaller audience compared with those who have a larger audience it doesn't like, let's put it this way. So just because you have a larger audience doesn't guarantee you're going to make more sales. I have seen people with smaller audiences stand out better and they've built better know, like, and trust. They get more engagement than the people with larger audiences because they stand out, because they resonate with the right people and not with the wrong people. Now, I also want you to start thinking about how you can get in front of the right people at as many touch points as possible. So rather than just getting them to subscribe to your email list, how can you also make sure that they subscribe to your podcast and following you on Instagram? How can we get in front of people in as many different touch points as possible so that we can start to build that know, like, and trust even faster? Now, there's another another thing that's a bit concerning in the online space is there are a lot of people creating really shoddy courses and not great programs. It's unfortunately it's led to something that I'm going to talk about in a second which is this new objection of I have too many unfinished courses. It also is leading to overall skepticism in the space. It's leading to longer timeframes for building that know, like, and trust. So a huge part of that becomes then in any launch, how can you prove to people that your course or your membership or your program is good quality? Good testimonials are one way to do this. If you can get video testimonials, even better. Something that we tested in this most recent launch of Launch Magic was giving people a sneak peek of Launch Magic. So we gave people access to Module 1 for 72 hours. They had three days to go into Module 1, complete the video lessons, complete the course content, and they could see 
oh, wow, okay, this is not just an average course. They've put a lot of effort into this. It's not something I'm going to buy and not complete. That was the goal behind people giving people a sneak peek of launch magic. Something else that is a bit of a struggle with launches and something we're going to need to focus on in the future for all of us is how can we get completion rates up? So completion rates of our courses, of our memberships, of our programs. What can we put into place to get people to the finish line? A live element, that really helps. So having those live calls, super helpful. It keeps people accountable. Having a community, that really helps as well. When you've got a community that's working towards a common goal, like what we have in Launch Magic, where everybody is working towards launching around the same date, that helps people stick with it. If they fall a little bit behind or some, they hit a hurdle, having that community to come back to for that support and that accountability helps people complete the course. Challenges and gamification, they can help as well. So for example, what we have done in previous rounds of Launch Magic was we had a 90-day challenge where you could tick off tasks and get points. This time around, what we've done is instead of having the one overall challenge, we've designed it so that there are smaller mini challenges throughout the course. So for example, we're currently in week one as I'm recording this episode. And what uh, what happens is if they introduce themselves in the Facebook group, share a video introducing themselves, they go in to win an Amazon voucher and we pick that at random. What we'll do is throughout this round of launch magic, there'll be little tasks that people can complete to get prizes. There's a really great book that I read at the start of 2020 called Hooked by Nir Eyal, N-I-R-E-Y-A-L. He wrote a great book called Hooked on how to create habit-forming products. Now, this is mainly aimed at things like your Facebooks and you know apps that you want people to be using more consistently. But some of the things he talks about there really got me thinking about how can we create an online course that hooks people in, hooks people in to finishing it. So it's becoming a habit that they are completing the course, that they are moving closer to the finish line. And this is especially true for those of you who have memberships, you need to read this book because retention has always been an issue for memberships, but especially so now because people have a lot of memberships, they have a lot of subscriptions, they have content overwhelm. So how can we keep them coming back? How can we keep them using your membership, using your course, using your program? Like I mentioned before, another challenge that we are facing is that we are battling as as course creators, as membership creators, as group program creators, we are battling a new objection that people are giving us when we launch. And that is the objection of, I have too many unfinished courses. I Every time I launch something, whether it's something new, like when I launched Boost Your Brand Superfans earlier this year, or even when it's Launch Magic that I've launched four times now, I come up against this objection. Oh, I have too many unfinished courses. I need to finish those first before I can sign up for another course. Valid objection. Absolutely. We all have too many unfinished course courses, but it's really important that as a course creator or somebody who's launching one, 
you've got to have some kind of strategy to overcome this objection. Just like you have a strategy to overcome time, the time objection, you know, I don't have enough time for an online course right now, or the price objection, I can't afford another course right now. We want to make sure that you have a strategy to overcome this objection. And if you don't have strategies for overcoming objections, that is a huge part of what we teach inside Launch Magic. It's a huge part of what we teach because if people have these objections, then they're not going to buy unless these objections are adequately addressed. Um, It might also be something success in your online business might also be so it might also look like giving our students more ways in which they can work with us. For example, I launched a small group intensive a couple of months ago. Some people want that. Some people want that small group scenario where they've got higher accountability rather than a larger course where they might be lost in the group. Some people prefer that an anonymity of the larger group. And what I've realized recently is that I've always been so rigid with my business. I've always said, you know, this is the only way you can work with me. I've said, if you want to learn how to launch, great. Launch magic is the only way you can do that. But I've also been testing other offers and it's been interesting to see what resonates. So for example, I'm realizing, oh, there are people in my audience who would value paying more money for the one-on-one launch VIP days rather than learning how to do their launch themselves in launch magic. Um, something else that I've noticed or that I'm predicting for the future of launches uh, is that I think they're going to be less reliant on social media and more reliant on emails. Go back to episode 498, two episodes ago, about how I'm not relying on Instagram as much in my launches anymore. I didn't really use Instagram in the most recent Launch Magic launch, and I don't think it made that much of a difference to our overall results, to be honest. So something that I'm teaching my Launch Magic students this round especially is that it's all about email. It's all about your email list. It's not so much about Instagram. If you want to be on Instagram or you want to be on TikTok or you want to be on whatever social media platform, great, do it. But don't rely on it as your number one way to sell in your launch. I've, in my most recent launch, we really, really spent a lot more energy nurturing the community in the lead up. So daily business boosters, this is my new email list that I started a couple of months ago, where every day I send a little bite-sized business tip to my audience and people are loving it. So if you're not, if you're not on the daily biz boosters email list, you can join that at stephtaylor.co forward slash DBB. You'll find the link to that in the show notes as well. That has been a great way of nurturing my community in the lead up to the launch. Same with launching my book. That was a huge tool for nurturing. It was never launching that book was never about wanting to make lots of sales from a book. It was always about how can I use a this book to nurture my community, to move them forward on their goals and also move them closer to maybe one day working with me. Um, So that both of those tools made it a bit more of a no brainer for people when we opened doors to launch magic this round. And yeah, like those daily business boosters, we've been getting 50% open rates on those emails, which is unreal. Like it's unheard of to get a 50% open rate, but yet every single day we're getting 50% open rates on those emails. Um, Another prediction that I have for the future of launches is that it's going to be 
more about educating people in the lead up to cart open. It has never, ever been about building hype in a launch, but especially now it's less about building hype. People are becoming numb to hype. There are so many offers that are popping up left, right, and center. We're getting ads for all of the $15 products and the $7 products and We're just getting so many promotions all of the time. And it's not about hype. It's about educating people. It's always been about educating people. And this is what I teach in Launch Magic that is so different to every other course about launching is that your content and your launch is about educating people on the problem that they have, on the solution that you have for them and the transformation that they deliver so that when you do open doors and when you do sell to them, it becomes a no brainer for them to buy. So yeah, educating them in the lead up to cart open, I think that's going to be a huge game changer in the future of launches. And lastly, the biggest prediction that I have for the future of the online business space, it's a big one. Now, bear with me if you haven't heard of Web3 before. It's Web3 is like the technology that is behind NFTs. NFTs are not just cool doodles and sneakers that are like virtual. It's not just that. We know of them as that because that is where the hype is, but the technology that underpins NFTs, there is so much potential for that to apply in the digital product space, in the online business space, in pretty much any <laughs> pretty much any industry. And we're starting to see it. We're starting to see it. Like one huge example is a lot of luxury fashion brands. Now, when you buy your designer handbag that costs a ridiculous amount of money, you also get an NFT to prove that it's an authentic designer handbag. So then when if you were to resell that handbag, you could resell the NFT with it. That's a huge game changer. Now, I won't go into exactly how I think it's going to apply to digital products this episode. I will do a future episode about this um, in a couple of weeks' time, I think, actually. Um, My partner works in the Web3 space, and he's kind of always feeding me information. So I think I might do an episode with him on what we think Web3 and the NFT technology is going to mean for online products for digital products, because yeah, they're not just pretty pictures that are selling for thousands of dollars. They could potentially mean that when you buy an online course, you get an NFT for this online course access. And then when you finish that online course, you can actually resell it to other people. It could mean that, and we've seen Gary V doing this. It could mean that you have a small group coaching program with 10 spaces And to get one of those 10 spaces, somebody has to buy an NFT of that locking in their space, and then they can trade it with somebody else to get a space in that program. It's pretty, there's a lot there. We're going to unpack it in a completely separate episode because I'm not going to go into it today. Uh, I'm not even going to explain what an NFT is today because I don't think I can really explain it properly. But yes, watch that space because there is so much happening there. All right, that is it for today's episode. This has been a lot longer than I was expecting it to be. So I apologize for that. These episodes are getting longer and I'm enjoying, I'm here for it. I'm enjoying recording these longer episodes. If you have any friends who you think would benefit from this show or if you have any friends who you think might benefit from learning a little bit about these 
predictions for the future of online business, please do share this episode with them. Hit the share button, copy the link, send it to them. It's how I get to reach more people and help more people. If you're not already following or subscribed to this podcast, hit the plus button in Apple Podcasts or the follow button in Spotify. And that will just mean that you get the episodes delivered straight to your app rather than having to go and look for them each time. That is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.